0: Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys fitness, nutrition, and training advice to help you on your fitness journey. And today's episode is episode five, or I guess I should call it bonus series, episode five of my little bit of a breakdown on how you guys can be making more progress in CrossFit. Or maybe you are scared to try CrossFit. You have maybe some misconceptions, misunderstandings about the programming, and you wanted to learn a little bit more about it: how we get so jacked, and how we get so fit, and how to honestly remove some of the pressure and the stress uh, around CrossFit training that might be holding you back from trying it out or holding you back from actually making further progress. And kind of breaking down and recapping where I've already went through. I started off by talking about the foundation and showing that you have a dialed-in nutrition strategy that's going to be sustainable for you lifelong, that you're looking at your lifestyle, that you're looking at sleep habits and stress, that you're looking at the base of CrossFit as aerobic conditioning, your metabolic conditioning, getting you comfortable in different time domains and different energy systems. Then we're looking at how our body moves in space, developing awareness of gymnastic skills, and not just the crazy gymnastics that you see us doing, but the basic gymnastics like push-ups and pull-ups and air squats, Then we progressed on and we talked about weightlifting and how to now take that, you know, awareness we have built around building, um, the foundation of gymnastic skills and transferring that into external loads and being able to move large loads like back squats and presses and deadlifts and all of those things and, and how all of those come together to build a program. And now we're in the final episode of this and and it's where I'm going to be talking about the sport of CrossFit. But not just the competition arena sport, but the actual sport that gets people fit. And this comes down to the competition, not just with other people, but with yourself as well. And today I want to be talking about CrossFit, the top of the hierarchy of the development, which is you know taking the applications of of the weight training and the gymnastics and the metabolic conditioning, putting it all together knowing how to measure your progress, knowing how to test yourself and ensure that you are making progress along the way. So the top tier of CrossFit is, is the sports side of CrossFit. It's the competition and it's the intensity. And, and this is where I think that a lot of people get really overwhelmed with CrossFit or they spend entirely too much time here in this fact, in the fact is, is this time or this, this piece of the, of the puzzle should really make up less than ten percent of your overall weekly training. The goal of the competition and the sports side of CrossFit is actually just to see what you're capable of. It's it's kind of like the benchmarks that you're putting along the way. So I don't want people to think that every time they go to the gym that they have to be competing for like the best score on the board. I think this is where we get into a problem and where they end up they end up stunting or stalling out on their actual. Progress because they get so hung up in RX and and what so and so is doing. This is where injuries come in and and people choosing the wrong loading and things like that. But the sports side of CrossFit is important if you are actually applying it the right way. So, first thing I want to talk about is bringing the intensity um, and a little bit about how this is relevant to you guys making making uh, sure that you are making progress. So, we all know what it feels like to go at about seventy to seventy-five percent, and I think that most people for the majority of their training should be in in this time. They should be spending most of their time here. That's where the most progress is made. We can get comfortable there and push a little bit harder, but still staying below that threshold. But every once in a while, we want to throw in one of those workouts where it's like, man, I'm going to really see what I'm capable of here because that's how we actually make new adaptations happen. And we actually say, hey, I know I was able to handle that. Wow. That's awesome. So now I know I can push things up. It's the, uh, The reward we get for hitting a new PR is now we have new percentages to go off of, which always makes everything feel hard for a little bit of time. But that's how progress happens, that we don't get stall and stagnant. So it's really important that we know how to sprinkle in that intensity. The cool thing about CrossFit, it is built around a community. You're typically doing CrossFit in a class setting. And this is awesome because now when you're in the class setting, you've got people next to you that are pushing you. And it's not so much about how you measure up against them. It's knowing that like you have other people in the class that are doing the same thing and and you actually start to feed off of each other. You start to kind of want to be one rep ahead, or maybe you're trying to catch somebody on a run or, or trying to stay ahead. You're, you're actually pushing for that that's what makes CrossFit fun. It makes it kind of a sport. It's it's just like when you were a kid and you're running down the soccer field, chasing a ball. It's very similar in that. And this can be exciting as long as you don't look at it as a measure of your self-worth. Okay. How you progress in a workout does not mean you are a good or a bad person or, or really, you know, mean anything about you as a person. It's just a way for you to gain a little bit of an edge and, and get a little bit more of a push. We are always going to push ourselves harder when there's other people in the room doing the same thing because we want to be part of that. We want to be able to, we don't want to feel behind and that's okay. That's a healthy competition and you can have that and not even with the other people in your class, but also looking at your previous stuff. Okay. So going into this, I want to talk to you guys about a little bit about the importance of making sure that you guys are keeping track of your workout. So if this is you, you're in CrossFit, you're you're doing all of these things you should start to know your numbers. Okay. At this point in CrossFit, I haven't really, I don't really test a lot of benchmarks anymore like I used to, but I have a pretty good idea of what my times would be on these benchmarks and what my best times are, because I want to keep that as an, as a gauge, right? So I can see, am I getting better at things? And right now it's, it's kind of cool for me because I'm actually coming back from a, a shoulder surgery And a lot of other stuff that I I don't really talk a lot about that I've been dealing with over the past couple of years in terms of my, uh, you know, a lot of anxiety and, and things like that about sports performance. And it's kind of made me regress a little bit. And, And it's kind of cool because right now I feel like since my surgery, I've kind of been starting over and I'm starting to see progress happen again. So having those numbers again, of like, this is where I was six weeks ago. And now I'm like, okay, things are working. I'm getting fitter again but we want to be keeping track of things. I personally still keep a notebook. I, I do have apps and things like that, but the notebook just works for me. I actually have to sit there and write things down. And it also helps me take a look, you know, cause I, I do do a lot of my own programming. I follow, I am a mayhem athlete, but I do try and like make sure that I'm specializing things based on what I need. So like right now with me building up some upper body strength, again, I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm hitting you know, specific presses every single week. And when they started this cycle, I wasn't able to do barbell strict press. So I've been using dumbbells and I am just now kind of getting into the barbell. So while they might be finishing this up, I'm kind of just starting it and I'm okay with that. So I'm I'm using that as a template, but I'm, I want to be able to progress. So you should be keeping track of your score. So I know I'm kind of going into a couple of different, different directions. What I want talk about, to talk about today is number one is, as I'm saying is you got to be bringing some intensity. Once you're getting the hang of the movements, Once you're figuring out how to modify things to get the right stimulus, once you have yourself into a place where you're understanding things, now it's like, all right, I got to bring the intensity and I got to know what that feels like. You don't have to die in a workout to bring intensity, right? We can still push pretty hard at an eight or a nine and not feel like death. You don't have to feel like death after every single workout. Okay. So I want you guys to understand that. Uh, You want to be making sure you're keeping track of things, especially benchmark workouts. So that you can see how you progress and write down times. I also like to have myself or like my athletes to write down, um, maybe a few notes about how they maybe broke things down, uh, where things might've gotten hard for them, where they feel like they might've excelled. You don't have to go into too much detail for me. It's like, you know, like, so I'm trying to get comfortable with wall balls again, for whatever reason, since my shoulder surgery, wall balls have become like something that gives me anxiety. So today I did a workout with wall balls and I was like doing a, like I was pushing the bike hard and then doing like a max set. And I was like keeping track of how many I was getting per set. Like, that's really what I want you guys to think about is kind of keeping track of things, you know, like if you're doing Fran 21, 15, nine thrusters and pull-ups being like, man, I did the 21, I'm broken. uh, But the 15, I had to break down three times, you know, or my pull-up started going to singles, whatever it might've been that you want to keep a note of, because as you're progressing in CrossFit, you might find the next time you do it, like, oh man, this got a lot easier. So that's you know the pull-ups were unbroken now. Whatever it looks like to you to see progress there. So definitely think about that kinds of stuff when you guys are writing things down. Don't be uh, the other thing that I think people forget about looking at is they tend to underemphasize the importance of pacing and and times on things like a mile run or a two K row or even the paces that they're holding in a, on the row or in a workout. Those things matter as well. You know, you want to know like, all right, I'm, I'm the workouts, uh, three rounds of a 500 meter row and 10 deadlifts, man. It was really hard for me to push that row, keeping it under two minutes for five, for the five hundreds. Maybe next time you do it, you're like, man, I was keeping it under two minutes and it felt good. You know, so that stuff is really good for you guys to note, and it will also help you pace other workouts as well. So you want to keep track of that stuff. So intensity is the one thing that I want you guys to start to bring and knowing that it's relative to keeping good mechanics, keeping them consistent and, and understanding like what, you know, what your threshold is for that day. You know, not every day is going to feel like a day to PR. That's okay. doesn't mean you don't show up on those benchmark days. It just means you lower your expectations. Today's not a day to try and go for that, you know, new spot, you know, that new, that new PR. I think this also does segue into people that do want to compete in CrossFit um, and you want to get into that next level. That's also fun. And there's a couple of ways you can do it. Obviously, every single year we have the CrossFit Open, which is a great measure of your progress um, and kind of testing things. The only thing that I don't love about using the Open as a test of your progress as an athlete is that you're not hitting the same workouts every year. So, you know, it's, it's definitely not as progressive in that you're not able to actually see things from that level. You might be getting better at CrossFit, but you're not necessarily getting better at the movements of CrossFit if they're not testing the same things every year. So I do think that having some other benchmarks is still good. You can also compete locally. There's a ton of local competitions to kind of look at. And a lot of times CrossFit gyms will do competitions. And if you are interested in it, but you're a little nervous, Don't be afraid to sign up in a division that like you feel like you're a little bit overqualified for. That's okay. I think a lot of coaches discourage that like, oh my God, you're going to sandbag and go to that division. I actually encourage it. Why? Not because I think the person isn't good enough for the harder division. I do think that there's a place in time when you should be pushing for the harder divisions, but sometimes the amount of anxiety that a person experiences from feeling inadequate about the movements and the weights that might be challenging to them, that putting them in a like a easier category allows them to find that confidence they need to be like, okay, I got my feet wet. I feel confident in these movements. I'm ready for my next one to be a little bit more of a challenge. And that can be really easy for people to kind of jump into and not feel so stressed out by. Nobody wants to go to a competition where they place dead last. And honestly, I feel like unless you win, like why not stay in that? Lower division. You know, if you're not sitting on the podium, then you probably do belong there. And sometimes people will get fitter by training for those divisions. So obviously only three people can podium, but you know what I'm saying? I think that there's like a like this whole thing about like, oh, you're signing up for the wrong division because you can do these movements. Um, not always the case. Like, I think that you should go where you're comfortable and confident. So that's a little bit about the intensity and the crossfit competition stuff. It's it's a small piece of the puzzle, guys. You don't ever have to compete. In fact, you don't ever even really have to like push yourself to that dark place, but you should always be looking at ways to progress, whether it's progressing by, you know, lifting heavier weights, getting higher skills, getting faster run times, all of those different types of things. The goal is that we should be chasing progress, not necessarily, uh, you know, beating our friends. It's really chasing our own personal progress and sometimes using our friends and our, you know community can help us push a little harder. We all push a little harder when people are with us. All right. Now that I've talked about the competition side of CrossFit, the intensity side of CrossFit, let's talk about some other stuff that people start asking about that are, I want to say the not so important side of things, but people are going to ask about them. What kinds of gear do I need to get good at CrossFit? Okay. I'm going to be honest. My opinion on this has changed so much since I first started CrossFit. When I first started CrossFit, there wasn't even CrossFit shoes. Okay. So most of us trained barefoot because at that point it was either CrossFit or I'm sorry, it was either, uh, Chuck Taylor's Converse, or you were wearing like some kind of a running shoe and, or like a Nike free or whatever it was back then. Not very good for Olympic lifting, you know, keeping yourself grounded, all that kinds of stuff. Decent for box jumps and stuff, but not so good for those other movements. So, um, then it was like, all of a sudden our minimalist CrossFit became, uh, like compression pants and knee sleeves and wrist wraps and elbow sleeves and belt squat belts and lifting shoes and all this other stuff. And I think that there is almost an overemphasis for a lot of people in the beginning on the actual equipment. And as I am now in my 13th or fourth, going into my 14th year of CrossFit. Um, can't believe it's almost been 15 years of CrossFit. That's freaking insane. Um, I feel like I am a middle minimalist. In fact, uh, Scott Clydesdale media, he like laughs at me. He's like, are you still wearing your nano sixes? Because I literally will wear my shoes out until the laces are falling out of them before I buy new ones. And I literally like, I think the only thing I really use now is tape. I might wear knee sleeves when I'm lunging and, occasionally I might throw on a back uh, belt if I am doing a very heavy lift, but, uh, for the most part, I'm a minimalist now. And I think that most CrossFitters should be. Why? Because we're thinking about the transference of CrossFit into life. Uh, CrossFit is meant to be functional fitness and we're looking at ways to make it easier for us to do things in life. Right? So for the most part, when we're going to lift things in our house, we're not going to go grab our lifting shoes and our wrist wraps and our thumb tape and all of these different things to get geared up for it. We might grab a weight belt. That, that is something that some people would use for lifting heavy objects. But I think that the more we train minimally, um, we can use those things for maximizing our performance on those days that we really want to bring the intensity and test ourselves to keep us safe. Okay. So I think that there are some basic pieces of equipment that people should have, uh, every CrossFitter should have. And I think that these are going to enhance your CrossFit, but they're not all necessary. One thing that I do think that is necessary in CrossFit is you've got to invest in your own jump rope. I think that a custom jump rope is so important for people to have to make progress in double unders. Um, you get used to your rope, like your rope becomes like it it just becomes one with you. Like it's the truth. So you want a good jump rope. I personally recommend RX jump ropes. I will put the link to them in my show notes, not affiliated with them or anything They don't have any affiliate codes for you guys. Um, but I do love their jump rope. Um, I think that knee sleeves can be helpful, especially for lunging and things like that, because obviously we don't want to scrape up our knees also for things like rope climbs, because that's going to protect your shins from getting burns. Um, so jump rope and a good pair of knee sleeves are two things that I definitely think that you need uh, a good pair of CrossFit shoes, whether it's Nanos or, uh, Nike Metcons or the new tier shoes, whatever brand you like. There's a ton of brands out there. I would say try out a few different ones. I've been wearing Reebok since I first started. So that's always kind of what I've gravitated towards. Doesn't mean they're the best shoes. It just means that that's what I'm comfortable with. So you have to try out a few different shoes and find out what you really enjoy When it comes to other things like, uh, like, so wrist wraps, um, and weight belts, I think that a weight belt is, is good to have, but I don't like people relying on it. I think that there's an over-reliance on weight belts. Like every time we lift heavy, we all of a sudden have to pull it out. And I think that that actually is stunting your progress and not giving you the option to learn how to brace yourself using your core. So you definitely want to have one, but Don't bring it out on every training day, you know, bring it out on those days where like, all right, I'm going above 90% today. There is a risk. Or if you have a previous injury and you know, you have a vulnerable spine, that might be an option for that lifting shoes. I would say, honestly, guys, I don't think you need them unless your mobility is really, really, really bad to where you cannot overhead squat without them. I think that they're, unless you're looking at competing in Olympic lifting, I don't necessarily think that you really need them. I'm being 100% honest. Um, I think that your flat shoes are pretty good at being able to get you into some good positions. In fact, I think Rich Froning is a good example of that. You can have them. I just don't think that they're necessary. I think that uh, those, and I think that wrist wraps are kind of like, meh, you can do do with them or do without them. Um, I think that good quality tape is helpful for your thumbs. So protecting your hands. And then a good set of gymnastics grips. So obviously, guys, uh, I do wish that I had gotten used to grips earlier on in CrossFit because now I hate wearing grips. So I do think that you should, as you're starting up CrossFit, get yourself a good pair of grips that you like. Um, The pair that I've been using are the Victory Grips Tactical. Uh, They are the three-finger ones. Uh, Once again, I can put the link to those in here too. Not affiliated with them at all, but those are what I like. Uh, Bear Complex is another good brand. Uh, But you should, so basic things you need. Jump rope, knee sleeves, um, some gymnastics grips, I think would be the three things that I would start with from there. Some athletic tape, belt, and shoes. I should say shoes first. Obviously, you need cross shoes, Uh, but weightlifting shoes, I would say, would be like, weightlifting shoes would be hands down. So I guess the order should go, let me rephrase, Reorder should be, you need shoes, you need a jump rope, some athletic tape, some knee sleeves, some gymnastics grips, a weight belt, And then some of the other stuff, like the wraps and stuff like that. Then there's like all the mobility tools too, right? You've got like, you know, freaking five different types of, you know, massage balls and foam, like vibrating rollers and, you know, the Theraguns and the ice, hyper ice. I think that all of those things are a little bit, they help, but they don't help that much, right? I have a Theragun. I don't use it that often. Um, I like the way it feels. I just don't use it that often. I think a good quality foam roller is cheap. I think a lacrosse ball is good to have on. In fact, I recommend two lacrosse balls because sometimes you can put them together, create two little peanuts, and they can help you double up and hit both of your shoulders at the same time. Um, but those are really the only two mobility tools that I would really recommend. <sighs> That's all about supp- or the uh, the gear. And then we're going to talk about supplements a little bit. Um, so supplements, guys, I think that these also get overemphasized uh, pre-workouts, post-workouts, carb drinks, all this kinds of stuff, unless you're training like multiple times a day. I think a lot of it is just like, you don't need it, but there are some basic supplements that I recommend for everybody, no matter what they're doing, if they're doing crossed or not. Uh, I think that a good quality whey protein powder, uh, quick creatine, a good quality fish oil, vitamin D and a multivitamin. Those five things I think are essential, um, for everybody from there. There are some other things you guys can look at, but I think that those would be, the best place to start. In terms of brands, there's a lot of good brands out there. I personally, um, I like First Form. It's a company that I feel, you know, I I like their message. I know that they're third-party tested, FDA approved, NSF certified, so I don't have to worry about there being tainted supplements there. Uh, But there are also other companies that I would recommend as well. I think Legion is good. Uh, The Momentous brand now that is obviously sponsoring CrossFit is, uh, the CrossFit Games is another good brand. Thorn is a good brand. Mostly, you want to find one uh, in terms of the whey protein. You want to make sure it's a, a good quality whey protein. It's not got a bunch of fillers in it. Uh, creatine. You want to creatine monohydrate. Your fish oil. You want to make sure that it's a high amount of milligrams. But of that milligrams, you want to make sure there's a high percentage of EPA to DHA. So if it says like 2,400 milligrams of fish oil or omega threes, but like only 300 of them is EPA to DHA. That's not a good source. You also want to make sure that you're getting a wild-caught um, you know, fish-sourced uh, fish oil, not something that's like farm-raised. So don't go to like the Nature's Bounty from Walgreens. Like get a good quality pharmaceutical grade. Uh, vitamin D, um, I think vitamin D3 is the one you're looking for. I like to get a higher concentrate just so you don't have to take as much of it. Uh, and a good quality multivitamin. I love the first form microfactor. Everything is individualized. So I'm not just getting a, a proprietary blend. So I would say that when you are looking at your supplements to not look for, make sure that your um, supplement doesn't say like proprietary blend of like a bunch of different things. You should see actually how much of everything is in that. And that goes for any of your supplements, even if you are looking at pre-workouts. So today's episode, all about bringing the intensity, what kind of gear you need, and all about supplementation. And I hope that was very helpful for you guys today. I'm uh, going to post on over, look over to the comments and see what people are saying Walgreens fish, oh yes! Don't even get me started on that grease in the groove. Um, I love the uh, Robbie so cool. so true. I love the Yugo I go. I just I remember Robbie uh, back in the day. I trained at CrossFit New England for about five years, and um, when I was there and James Hobart was there too, there was a lot of days where <laughs> those Hugo I goes that were supposed to be warm ups were like full on workouts. We're gonna do ten rounds of Hugo I go. Two fifty meter row, 10 power snatch. Woo. That got ugly real fast. <laughs> and it's funny because I still do a ton of those things and ends up just being like rest one-to-one because I'm often training solo. Um, but yeah, jump rope is definitely, definitely in, um, important. And yes, please do not buy Walgreens fish oil, guys. Get yourself a higher quality fish oil. Spend the money. If you're going to put the money into supplements, put it into the right things. But that was up today's episode, guys. Was are the suggestions for hand grips and knee sleeves. Great message today. Um, Okay. So my suggestions for hand grips and knee sleeves, Kathy, were, um, I personally like victory grips. The, um, I like the tactical, so they have different ones and you're going to want to experiment with what what works best for you. I personally like the ones with the finger holes because I like to wrap my thumbs and I find the ones without the finger holes. Like I kind of like end up having to grip without my thumbs. Uh, And the tactical are very grippy to the bar. uh, So you don't need a lot of chalk for those, but the, they aren't as thick. So if you, if you're prone to rips, you might not like those as much. Um, There's other brands too, bear complex, but I like the victory grips tactical. Uh, And I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. In terms of knee sleeves, honestly, I, I don't think that I really, I think Ray-Ban is the ones that are are the, the original um, it, I, I don't get the ones that are super thick because I don't like the way that they feel on my knees when I'm squatting. I just think I just like, I don't even recommend using them for squatting. I, I really recommend using them just to protect your knees for lunges. So whatever you like, uh, Amazon has a bunch. Uh, I think ray Bands, worked rogue. Um, anything simple like that would be great. I think element 26 even has a good set of, uh, knee sleeves that I would recommend. You know, you just want them to be pliable. You don't want to have knee sleeves that are like making it really hard for you to move. Because when you're doing things like rowing in wall balls on the rower, they feel a little bit restrictive. So hopefully that answers your question, Kathy. Happy Friday, Damien. Well, guys, I'm closing up this this whole series on CrossFit, and I'm like, man, I got to get back to my nutrition topic. So what do you guys want to know about nutrition so I know what to uh, bring to the table next week? Anybody have anything? I have some thoughts. And some of it is going to be mindset related. Next week, we have uh, semifinals. Is anybody going to be at the East semifinals? Is anybody still watching? And if you're listening to this after the recording, I feel so bad, but it's just fun like talking to my peeps here. No? All right, kids. Well, with that being said, I don't see any more comments coming up. So I am going to peace out, get ready for my second session. Um, with shock, you eat 3000 calories a day. Yeah, dude, I am. And I'm packing some more in. So I am on right now. Uh, my journey is I, okay. I'm going to say one more thing today because I need to get off my chest. I am, I'm struggling. I am struggling hard. I, I, You know, those, you know, how like you know what you want, but you also don't know what you really want, right? So, I want to put on five to seven pounds, but that also scares me to put on five to seven pounds because I am worried about aesthetics. I am worried about how I'm going to look five to seven pounds heavier. And I've seen myself five to seven pounds heavier again. Um, So, I don't know why I'm scared, but it is something that I am struggling with right now. And I am trying to increase my calories and it is something that has been a work in progress. And today I talked to my coach and we are increasing today. So it's going to be good. Um, Next week is a deload week for me. So I know that that's going to be hard. Um, because I always feel like if I'm not training as much, I do the same thing as everybody else. Oh, I shouldn't be eating as much, even though I know that's not true. So I am going to keep my calories up. Um, I am going to practice what I preach and I'm going to commit because I know that this is what I want, uh, even though it doesn't feel easy. So I have to stop worrying about, you know, what other people think, right? So what am I really afraid of? I'm afraid of what other people are going to be thinking about me can't be, I can't be afraid of that stuff. Right. Like I have to be happy for me. In fact, if I gained 20 pounds and it was all fat and I was happier, <laughs> if I was fat and happy, like I gotta be happy with that. Like, I know it's not going to happen. Right. So it all comes down to not worrying about what other people think. So maybe in my, my next episode, I can talk a little about the, the different side of, of nutrition when you are trying to gain, because it is definitely a mental battle when, and this is even for people that like don't necessarily have a weight gain goal, but they want physique changes. And sometimes the changes that they want do require them to put on weight. Like I get this a lot with females who are way too thin and they're like, I want to build muscle, but I don't want to put on fat. And they're scared to eat too much. I'm like, you're going to have to eat more food and you're going to have to train heavier. And it's a scary thing. You know, it's like you you feel like you're going to lose control. That's for me. I I think it's a loss of control that I I can definitely feel that I, I have a little bit of a addictive personality. I know that. I've had it since I was a kid, so I get very obsessed with things. And I think for me, it's a level of control that I don't want to lose. I feel like if I go too high, I'm going to somehow not be able to stop or something like that, right? So I don't know. It's just a little bit of a rant for you guys to hear the old uh, thoughts of your coach, Cheryl. But uh, that's what I got tonight, guys, or today. So I think me and Scott are going to be recording our uh, podcast, uh, Weight Loss Journey Today, Uh, because obviously Sunday is Mother's Day. So I hope you guys all have an amazing Mother's Day. Um, And until next week, I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.